compute. Welcome to the Public Access Podcast. I am your host. My name is Rossi Diamond. This is the fifth season. This show has been going back for, I think, 10 years now. And so uh, it's gone from anyone from comedians who gone all over to wrestlers who've gone all over to uh friends to now i i wanted to change it some and i i wanted to keep it to everyone i wanted to keep it more to people that i like talking to more than you know trying to find someone that like okay well hey there's this person but i got someone that's cool i got i got a cool person today i got a person that so i found this guy uh, a few years ago i was see i was living in minneapolis and i was watching videos i was watching well let's see this so this was a little bit before covid started and i was watching some videos and uh I believe I was watching dumpster diving videos because dumpster diving became something that I got into. Uh, well, I haven't really got to do it as much, but I was watching someone named, uh, or it was a show called Treasure Hunting with Jeebus. And uh, I was watching that. And one of the suggested videos was this of Cincinnati Picker. And since I was born in Cincinnati, I was like, I'm very intrigued. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give this guy a shot. And this guy came through, this guy delivered, and I started watching him. And I've been watching him ever since. He has a great show, fun to watch. Um, yeah, uh, we're always, you know, waiting for the next episode to drop. Uh, and we'll sit there and watch it. And it's it's, it's fun to watch. So without further ado, uh, I want to introduce the Cincinnati picker, John. How you doing? What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. I wanted to try to give you an all right introduction there. So, um, but yeah, so this guy. So, John, uh, so you've been picking for a while you've been you were doing this before so like the way I got into picking was back when I was in high school I found a I don't want to date myself too much but like I think I told you this on the phone I found a uh some adult clips that were I don't even know what they were were they dot I don't know if they were dot move or something some clips but anyway i ended up getting 70 hours of adult videos some of it black and white some of it in color made copies uh and sold them on ebay over and over had some wrestling tapes sold those and ended up buying a cadillac um with that money uh side note i ended up getting uh, a gun pointed in my face in Las Vegas and my car ended up being taken away. But uh, that was a little, you know, little, little side story for another day. But uh, so Las Vegas, but so how did you get started? I think you, what I remember you hearing was saying you were 
started doing this with your dad and you were doing sports products. Is that correct? Yeah, but before I get into that, I got to know how many tapes did you copy and sell to buy a Cadillac? Uh, the, quite a bit, I guess. They were going every day. And I so I had a guy that I lived with and we were because um, I mean, I had to buy these discs. I think it was. Gosh, it was it was at least 10, if not more. But this was, you know, days when you had little movie clips for it. Um, and it took probably a good hour, hour and a half to burn each one of those discs. So, but that was just going constantly. And it was in my my friend's room. So he'd get pretty mad at me uh, for being in there all the time. But it was it was good. And it was a good way to get me into to reselling and just finding ways to to flip stuff. And I stepped away for some reason, probably after after the Cadillac thing. But um, and then I just stopped doing eBay and I got away for a long time. But then, yeah, once, I don't know, maybe like five, six years ago, I got into it again when I was living in Portland, but then I moved and I put everything. I had a little two-door Toyota Echo and everything I had fit in that car. And so I just give away all my stuff. And so then I kind of had to start over again. And so um, that's kind of what happened. But so you started how? Yeah, I, I didn't mean to uh, dodge your oh, question. I just had to know more about the, <laughs> the movies you're selling. So <laughs> I've been reselling for 20 years. I got hooked when I was like 18. My grandma went to a garage sale and bought a piece of furniture. She needed me to pick it up for uh, with my truck. So I went and got the piece of furniture, and I was working at a sporting goods store at the time. And the garage sale where the piece of furniture was had all kinds of sporting goods. And I'm like, I can just buy these and sell them to my boss and like make some good money. So I bought it all, made like 150 bucks, and I was hooked from then on. That's a good way, uh, especially with it being your boss. And you get to go to work. Not only are you going to work with getting the paycheck, you're going to be creating your own paycheck. And at 18, I mean, that's pretty much how old I was. I was 17, 18 right there. And once you realize that you can get a a check for working and getting the check for that, it's pretty nice. Um, I, I mean, I was delivering pizzas for Domino's. And I mean, you know, it's uh, kind of nice when you can, yeah, get that second second paycheck. Uh, and so what were you used to were selling sporting goods? Um, what were your your fines that you were usually going for? Was it usually um, baseball stuff or just kind of whatever? Yeah, a lot of baseball bats, baseball gloves. I sold a ton of cleats. I can't tell you how many hundred pairs of cleats that I would clean, you know, because I'd buy them. They'd be all dirty and stuff. I'd clean them up and get five bucks for them. Uh, golf clubs. I bought a ton of golf clubs, exercise equipment, treadmills. I mean, I didn't shy away from anything. Like if it fit in the truck, I'd buy it. And I'd bring just a huge haul like every Saturday as I was coming into work and then, you know, unload it and then. I'd see them flip it and make their profit. So it was pretty cool. Like I got to buy it at a garage sale, bring it in, flip it to them, make money. And then 
as I'm working, sell it to the end user. And then, you know, my boss got to make money too. So everybody won. So were you getting commission at your job then as well? Or were you getting paid sal- or on a hourly? I got paid hourly. Um, it wasn't any kind of like sales job. It was just like an hourly job, but they sold you sporting goods and like they had a hard time finding you sporting goods. So they really had, they enjoyed me going out and finding this stuff uh, because people came there for used stuff. So if somebody leave, like they, if they walked out the door without buying something, it's usually because they didn't have something used that they wanted to save the money on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, I bought plenty of stuff from those places. And I remember um, like, I played lacrosse in high school. And I mean, that stuff was expensive getting that, that equipment. And like I had, uh, I got hand-me-down stuff from my brother's friend. And it was like, still like back, uh, they used to have these, they were called bucket helmets before they got the real aerodynamic ones. I had a bucket helmet. I was the only person on the team with one of those. And I had a stick, uh, a wooden stick with the uh, leather, um, the leather netting before everyone had mesh and these titanium sticks. So it was fun. And then, yeah, then I got to, you know, give that to someone who was able to use it. And then once I got newer stuff and then, you know, it was the same thing, like that stuff's expensive. And so it was nice to be able to, you know, have someone else be able to get that after, after I did. Cause yeah, I couldn't, I wasn't selling, uh, my, my adult, uh, CDs full of, full of fun yet. So I didn't have enough money yet. So, you know, I took what I could do, but yeah. So, um, okay. So, the uh, then YouTube. So, what got you to do YouTube then? So, were you doing this for a while, and then you're thinking, "Wow, I should just strap on a GoPro." Or are you doing something before the GoPro? Because I like the GoPro approach that you have, uh, as opposed to, you know, holding a camera. I always feel goofy holding a camera, but having a GoPro, I feel. It just it doesn't seem weird, especially when you're looking for stuff. If you're at a garage sale or if you're at a store and you're flipping through stuff, but you have to hold a camera, that really slows you down. So having the GoPro was a really smart idea. Yeah, I wish I could say I came up with the idea of wearing a GoPro, but I didn't. I saw uh, Justin RVA flips. I think he was the first person I saw do a video wearing a GoPro to a garage sale because before that, I was holding a GoPro. I had a little GoPro like in my hand, like just holding it down to my side, awkwardly filming garage sales. It was not good. Um, so once I strapped it on the backpack, like everything changed. Like you know, I really started to get comfortable with it and, you know, being able to show everything and buying, actually having both of my hands to look through stuff uh, made a big difference. But when I started my channel, I started because. I found Pete the Craigslist Hunter. Oh, okay. Pete the guy the from Godfather Chicago of the reselling YouTuber world. He's had a channel for seven years now. Is he the guy from Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, so I, I loved that. his videos. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I've got a few things that I can offer to this community. So I started making videos and they were rough, man. Like, my old videos are really rough. It took my channel probably two years, two and a half years before it really took shape. 
I was just kind of filming anything and everything, like seeing what would stick, uh, just kind of showing my process. Because I had been selling full time for about two, three years at that point. And I had been part time for, gosh, like 15 years, something like that. So I had been reselling for a pretty long time. So I had a lot of knowledge to share with people. So with that then, so where were you sourcing from when you were over the years? I mean, were you going to garage sales? Were you going to, uh, were you getting bulk deals? Were you finding, um, I don't know, random uh, Steve down the street in the alley, uh, stuff falling off the back of his truck? Hopefully not, but you know, sometimes you find those deals. Uh, I, I've, yeah, I found one of those, but that was for me. <laughs> um primarily garage sales i mean i love garage sales i've been hitting them hard for a really long time and you can just find some amazing stuff for really cheap um thrift stores a little bit here and there um and as my youtube channel has grown and i've built my network i get more and more bulk buys all the time i love doing bulk buys um the roi isn't as high as garage sales but you can get a lot of stuff at once and you're not, you know, running all over town trying to find stuff. You just go to one spot, fill your car, you know, spend 500 bucks or something. And you've got $1,000 with inventory. I mean, especially when someone knows you and knows what you like and knows what you're after and what you can flip. And I mean, that's that's nice. Um, just being able to have that and not having to worry about. I mean, I I, I sold my shop. I took everything I had. I sold it. Uh, before I moved out of Utah and you know the price was more than just you know how much the product was I mean this was a thousand square foot place like they have everything all ready to go I mean that like that took a lot of time and that's a lot of time that you're saving right there or that you know that they were saving they didn't have to go out and hunt stuff and find all these things it's just you have it right there. You can get it at a great deal. I mean, that's the, that's a great place to be and, you know, good to scoop up on, on those sorts of deals and just make it, make it good, make it awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, some, not everything in there is going to be a hit, but I mean, you're getting, you're not having to search for it and that stuff is easy. Even if you take it back to a Goodwill or whatever it may be, you're still doing all right. You're still, you're still coming out on top. So, I mean, yeah, if you're getting those bulk deals and, you know, sometimes, but there, there's uh, one thing that I've learned from you. I mean, you can go and you can get someone, you can get over on someone pretty easily with one of those deals, but you can only do that once. Whereas you, you're going in there you're making sure that they are getting some fair deal. So you can go back there and they're going to remember you. You're not going to be that jerk that, you know, you have, you have your name, you have your name and your name is what your reputation is. And it's not, Hey, there's John, the Cincinnati picker, the guy that ripped me off. It's like, Hey, John, John, he took care of me. He got everything I needed. Uh, I'm going to look for him now. I'm going to, and as soon as I find this stuff, I'm calling him. He's the guy I'm going to go to. And uh, I, I respect that. I thought that was really cool. That was a, it's a good thing to be doing. Good, good business practice. 
I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, like I feel like if more people would embrace the idea of the future business that can come to you if you just really treat people with respect, treat their items with respect and pay as much as you possibly can to still, you know, make an okay profit. Because if you're only worried about making as much as you can on every deal, then you're going to lose out on all the future deals. I just did a book by yesterday uh, from my buddy Luke, uh, who I've known now for like two years. Um, he originally reached out to me on a Funko Pop buy like two years ago. And I bought them all, uh, paid him a good price. Six months later, he reached out to me again. I think I've bought from him now like four, five, maybe six times, something like that. Uh, because every time, you know, I treat him fairly. I uh, make sure he's happy with the price. And like, we keep that relationship going. And it's not just like the money with people. Like a lot of times when people are trying to sell something, there's a reason. Like specifically with Luke, he wants to get his basement back. So he's got so much stuff that he's been finding that it's just kind of hoarded up, but he doesn't have the room anymore. And I might not want all of it, but I can help him just to get it out. So I told him like, Hey man, let's just get all of this out of here next time. Fill boxes. I'll take whatever, just get your, get your basement back, you know, get your, your space back. And I'm like, we'll figure out a price. Like I, I probably can't sell it all, but I'll do something. I can donate some of it, whatever. Like you've got to fill a need for people. Like if you're only worried about yourself and like making all that money or whatever, you, it's, you're just not going to go far. You really want to help people figure out why are they selling? How can I help you? Cause usually it's not just the money. They either want to get some space back or they're trying to go on a vacation or whatever, like figure out what it is they want and help them reach that goal. And they're going to remember that you did that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I had a similar situation with that. I had a a guy who needed his, he had a whole room. He, yeah, he has a whole bunch of old toys and just trying to get that room back because he hasn't, it's completely full. And so, yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll help you get that as much as I can. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to not put the person that's walking through the door is not just a big dollar sign. And I mean, they are people They're everyone, everyone that's buying from you. I mean, you gotta be happy. People are buying from you. They can go anywhere else, but they're coming to you to buy and you don't want to be or sell to you. Um, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to tarnish that. You don't want to screw them over. You don't, it's so easy yeah, to just go for that quick instant gratification, but yeah, you get that one time and they're going to tell their friends, their friends are going to tell their friends and you're going to have one great sale and then you're done. You're done. And so yeah, it's it's good you're you're doing that and yeah, being able to help him out and get get everything yeah, moved for him and um yeah, I mean if he'll probably have more stuff. I don't I mean if he's got that there'll probably be something. He he obviously likes buying things, so you know, it'll be it'll be good. And yeah, if someone maybe maybe the guy who bought my shop knew that I wanted to to move, and so I mean, I only had one person. There, I had two people come to me that were interested in buying it, and only one person gave me an offer. And so, I mean, I got lucky. I could have been sitting there spinning my wheels, but 
Um, I mean, I told that guy I would I would help him. I would get him his, you know, I'd help him get a sign for a shop. I'd help him advertise. I told him I can, like I I've made commercials. They're not not always the 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 best, but I mean they're they're entertaining. And you know, I told him I'd make him a commercial. I'd help him with stuff to get it going. But I mean, he didn't really hit me up on it before. But yeah, it's about if someone someone's into that it's good to be able to to help and help back and because yeah you never know i mean it's easy to be in that other position it's easy to be in a place where you need to get rid of stuff i need to get rid of stuff oh maybe yeah maybe i want to go on a vacation i want to you know like you're saying something like that and i need some money and you know, you know who to head up you, and you know who you want to stay away from because I've definitely bought stuff from people who have straight up, you know, done horrible deals with me and known it. And what can you do? And I've had people on eBay that if I was talking with a guy, I'm, I'm looking at buying a car uh, here and I was talking about a guy. There's a thing with eBay that's pretty messed up so if someone i don't know if you've experienced this before but if someone wants to really kind of get one over on you what they can do is they can instead of contacting paypal or ebay after they get their item they contact their bank and with that eBay and PayPal are not allowed to give you any information and basically have their hands tied the whole time. I've had one person, maybe two people do this to me. And, you know, I tried and tried and called them eBay, PayPal forever. And it's like, well, we can't do anything as the bank and it's private information. And so, I mean, I just, I learned a lesson there. And so I was talking about this, with this guy I was buying it the I'm, I'm buying this car from because he wants to have he wants me to buy it in cash and my money is like he doesn't want me to pay him with Venmo or with you know a, a check or a card or anything like that. So I have a credit union that's back in Oregon. And so I can only take out so much a day. So He's been working with me, but, you know, it's a whole thing about trusting each other and working together and knowing that we're both not, you know, trying to, I guess, screw the other person over just for one quick sale because him and I both, you know, he's sells a bunch of cars all the time and he has his name and that's important. And I like, I told him, you know, I'm the same way. No one knows me here. I have that. And then, you know, I have my name for my, my hypnosis practice. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be screwing anyone over. Even if I didn't have a name for it, I still wouldn't want to just because it's going to come back to you. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had, you know, where I'm able to help someone out. And then a couple days later, I end up with something killer and I don't know. Sometimes that's how it works. Sometimes 
it's not not trying to get that but just maybe weird coincidence but it's kind of been nice that way um yeah, yeah i agree with you i think what you put out into the universe definitely comes back to you so be careful with what you put out there if you if you put out bad vibes and you're screwing people over it's going to come back to you guaranteed yeah yeah real quick um so let's see so uh so another thing with with your channel so when you uh did a one with your first video with mojo casher and then when i saw them i i started watching them too because of you and uh i i enjoy that i enjoy watching your guys's interactions it's always uh it's a, it's an interesting dynamic and it's it's fun to watch and i was wondering how you two or not you two but you and their crew kind of got together how that happened they reached out to me on instagram i think it's been maybe like two years now maybe longer than that it's been a while that i've known them and josh loves to buy everything i mean obviously vintage clothing is his niche but he buys everything he buys video games collectibles like stuffed animals anything 80s and 90s it doesn't matter what it is he'll buy it um and he's got a really good eye but he primarily just sells the clothing the other stuff he just kind of collects or you know just kind of builds up type of thing but yeah i've bought from josh now close to 10 times i think and i've sold to him at least five or six times where like if i get a bunch of vintage t-shirts and i don't want to mess with them on ebay i'll just do one you know bulk price to him because like that's his wheelhouse type thing and i'm always looking out for stuff that he likes and he's got some artwork uh posters and different things that i've uh, found like he'll watch my video and be like hey i want that i'm like yeah i figured you did like i've already set it aside there's there's a lot of things i see i'm like josh would buy this for sure so i would just pick it up i'm like if you want it it's yours type deal so we look out for each other like that's just one of many relationships um that i've been really fortunate to have and to really care for and just treat them right every time they treat me right and now uh, we keep the business going yeah that's it's been pretty pretty cool and like yeah you're saying like with there was uh i think it was uh what's that guy's name um i always forget it uh keith keith herring you had some keith herring stuff yeah uh, yeah it was a keith herring poster yep and i was like okay i know exactly that that's right that's for josh right there nope and you, you just you grabbed it and uh that was okay i'm like yep i know exactly where that one was going as soon as you you got that but I mean, so yeah, the clothes, like, I mean, it's good to have someone who knows something about clothes because like myself, like I was selling clothes, but I don't know much about clothes. I'm a guy who wears, I don't know, most of the time I'm wearing, you know, uh, Zubas. Do uh, you know Zubas? You remember those? They mm. were like, so back in the uh, like early early 90s like a bunch of football players and uh they're sort of like they sort of look like this but they're all like super bright colors and they look like sweat they're like sweatpants type things a lot of uh gotcha i don't know if i can explain that better but zuba um, so i'll have to research it yeah so they, they kind of made a resurgence in the last few years but 
it was made by some guys in some like some wrestlers in the uh like early 90s and up in minnesota and um yeah the the road warriors or legion of doom i don't know if you're you were into wrestling at all but uh so they they started that and so i don't know where i was going i got so i i wear i wear those sometimes or sweatpants and a sweatshirt or else you know and crocs and all year round i mean i'm not i'm not mr fancy clothing but i mean i've definitely bought some stuff from them and yeah, they had those uh they were doing well okay i think i don't know where they i don't think they got these but they had someone they ended up with a whole bunch of heat transfers that they got they got uh for t-shirts and stuff and so they were they were making all these shirts and i i definitely got some of those but um i mean i don't i only wear them when i'm going out to you know want to want to be fancy for the night or something uh but yeah it's good to have people who know stuff about clothes because yeah i don't and it's always good there's always someone who knows something more than you do about other there's so many different parts to reselling there's always someone who's going to know more and good to have um someone like you got the what's that the the pawn pawn stars show i mean it's I don't know how how real it is, but you know, you always got the guy that's like, okay, hey, let me call up so and so. He's a he's an expert in this, and bring him by. You know, give him a little bit of some sort of kickback. I assume, but I mean, it's worth it. It's worth it just to have to know everybody that can do something. Eventually, you might know more about everything, but I mean, we all start with what we know. Like you started with with clothes and. Or not clothes. I'm sorry. Um, you started with sporting goods, and I started with adult material and wrestling tapes, and uh, <laughs> go with what you know. And so, um, but yeah. Then I mean, let's see. So another thing. So the uh, okay. So one thing I found out was my biggest expense for everything and uh besides having a shop uh my biggest expense ended up being packaging by far uh, i was selling a bunch of really big stuff especially once once covid hit um i was the tv vcr combos were just going all the time those and the uh the rock band guitar hero things for some reason made a resurgence and so i was you know sending out these big boxes but i was yeah i was paying a lot for that that was just eating in all my profits going to menards or or whatnot and picking up stuff but uh yeah i mean eventually I learned that, you know, you go to the dumpsters and you can get some good stuff. And I mean, those are, those are free. Those are saving me money. And it was great. The place I was living in Minneapolis, we had a underground garage and all the dumpsters were in there. So I would just 
you know, I wouldn't even have to leave my place to go get any sort of box. And, and uh, you taught me about the box resizer tool, which was a huge help making the Franken boxes, as you say, was, uh, was pretty helpful for some of that stuff. And I mean, those, those were great. Uh, one place that I found for packaging material, this is for, this is a special for anyone who's listening to this podcast, but one, uh, this is the rusty secret. I found a art dealership, uh, an art gallery and art galleries. They have people sending them stuff all the time to put up. And that stuff you better believe is packaged in some great bubble wrap and stuff of that nature. So I got buddy buddy with the the art gallery and they'd give me garbage bags full of great uh, packaging material for free. They're just trying to get rid of it. Someone, um, you know, posted it on Facebook or Craigslist. And so I would just get that. And that was, I mean, that saved me so much money just getting that and it was all good. I mean, it was, it was used, but I mean, only used once. This wasn't, it wasn't, didn't have, you know, old soda on it or something or, you know, something else that's gross. But as I'm drinking this, this is a, a birch beer. It's, uh, I have never tried these before. Have you ever had this before? It's like, uh, sort of like a mm. root beer. But yeah, I guess they're they're popular out here in New England. These uh, birch beers, but it's like from a birch tree, as opposed to a root, wherever those are. But yeah, so interesting. Yeah, but so that that's my my secret. Uh, I was uh, I was just gonna tell you, but I figure I'm on here, so I'll tell everyone. So, but that's that's been a huge help. So if you if anyone's listening and you need packaging get hooked up with an art gallery. There's art galleries all over and uh, free is a very good price. Art gallery. I would have never thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. And that box. Yeah. Too. I mean, I'm sh- it's, it's amazing. Like if you just ask for what you're looking for, like people want to help, you know what I mean? And people want to extend the life of things. Like if, instead of it going to the trash, like it's getting another life, getting packed up for something else, you know? Um, yeah. And if we, if we continue to do that, we can really um, reduce emissions and just prolong the life of this earth as much as we can recycle, you know, for sure. But like, I know a lot of people have a problem with dumpster diving or think it's gross or whatever, but um, the boxes are all in cardboard dumpsters. They have cardboard specific dumpsters that are for recycling. Um, so anytime I get my boxes, it's just a, it's a whole big dumpster of boxes. There's no, any, there's no food, there's no gross stuff. So, um, they're always clean. Um, and if I find any that are just totally beat, you know, they're done. It's like, yeah. it's not going to hold anything. So I just leave it. I just try to keep the ones that are in good shape. But yeah. You can get so many boxes for free because they're not cheap. If you go to, oh. like you were saying, Menards, four or five bucks for bigger boxes. It's crazy. Like I'm not paying that. Yeah, there's no need. And I mean, yeah, there's people just can't get can't wait to get rid of them. I mean, you find them on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, people always looking to get rid of moving boxes. Someone always just moved. And uh, and then plus with Amazon I and mean, Amazon, I can't I mean, you got boxes for 
forever. I mean, everyone's just has tons and tons, not everyone, but there's a lot of people with a lot of boxes who are just trying to get rid of them that don't want to pay there to have them recycled. I mean, you're recycling them. You're taking them off your hand, their hands. You're helping them. They're helping you. It's a pretty all right deal. It's, it's not too shabby, but um, there, there's something I was going to say off of that with um, so okay uh, with the let's let's talk so okay um, let's talk we're already talking but so your wife is part of a it's called um, shoot her the nonprofit is, uh, shoot. Will you help me out with the name here with it? The uh, the the money streets for foster care. Yes. You're talking about a uh, one simple wish. Um, yeah, I think so. And or then what's the name of her channel? Be the village. Be the village. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. But so and so you you are uh, you're a foster parent as well, so. And and a parent, uh, it's a parent um, that you. That's a old Mad Magazine joke. Um, but so, how'd you how'd you get into that? How'd you get into being a foster parent? How'd that come about? That I guess way cool. It was interesting actually because even when we were dating, we had pretty much decided that we wanted to be foster parents. Like even before we had our own kids. Um, I grew up, some of my cousins didn't have great, you know, household situations, um, ended up living with grandparents. And then Whitney's aunt always had uh, foster kids. So she was aware of and aware of the need. Um, so yeah, after we got married and um, had our first, we got licensed as foster parents and we've had, I think about a dozen kids with us over the years. I think it's been more like... It's almost four years that we've been foster parents now. It's crazy. Time flies. Yeah, and so I mean, so some of them are getting getting older now. I mean, I mean they're all getting older, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you get to be there with you know some some kids that wouldn't have the same experience had you not been there. So, um, I mean, that's cool. And then there's there's always going to be that need, and there's not nearly enough people like you who will do that and i mean it's again it's everyone everyone's a winner in that one and yeah it's, it's pretty cool and it's cool that they uh you get i get to see them come with you on some of the some of the picks and watching you teaching them how to how to negotiate and um and i mean like I remember my, my parents always kind of taught me to like anytime there's a kid doing, you know, selling something, whether it's, you know, a lemonade stand or have some sort of, I don't know, maybe they're, they're selling comic books or uh, probably uh, whatever, whatever uh, pogs or <laughs> Or whatever, you know, to always make sure I, I would go up and, you know, uh, 
buy something from them and make sure that they're they're getting to do the i mean it's good to learn about the you know how to work as a business as a kid um Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah like i've been i've been working since i was 10 i was i mean when i was 10 i was delivering uh well okay I'm making this sound like this was my resume. Uh, so I was <laughs> I was putting flyers on doorsteps and uh for a a decorator uh whose last name was Klutz, which was always always <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> so Oh my god, that's great. Yeah, so was his first uh, name Roger? Uh it should have been. It should have been. You know, um was it the Doug? Is it the Doug show? Was Roger? Klotz? Oh yeah, Bro- Roger Klotz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was Roger Klotz uh, with the. Uh, hey, funny, I, I I do terrible impressions. If you guys want to, <laughs> that's good. At the after show, but um, <laughs> yeah, Roger Klotz. Um, ah, but yeah, he. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was doing that, and I mean, um, I, I always had to to work for for what I, I did, which I guess is good. I mean, I, I grew up in an area where there were a lot of kids who didn't have to do anything. And, you know, I'm happy that my parents made me, made me work. And at the time I was, you know, like, Hey, look over here, Billy doesn't have to do anything. And his parents bought him a, a Ferrari or whatever. And, uh, but then I learned like, okay, that was really stupid, you know? Uh, but, I mean, it was, you know, it's just always good to, to learn and always good to be, be out hustling. And I like that. Uh, so another thing I want to talk about, we're talking about Cincinnati was something I wanted to bring up. So uh, as you can tell, uh, if you're watching this, maybe on Spotify or YouTube or, or if you watch John, otherwise uh, you can tell that he's a Cincinnati Reds fan and uh so yeah that's that's quite a quite a collection there and i'm i, I like I like seeing that i um I, i'm jealous of it it's pretty cool you got you got a lot there and so he uh so i mean you go to games um i don't so I mean, how often are you going to games? You go into like maybe like five, five a year or so, something like that, or maybe Usually a little between more? five and ten. Five and ten. Yeah, it just depends. COVID year was rough on me. Oh my god, that was that was a rough year. We go out to Arizona too, so we've been out to Arizona three times for spring training, and we love that. It's so much fun. We actually went in twenty twenty, and oh. oh, that was we, right when that happened. We got to go to one game. And then, like the day we left, they shut down MLB completely, and Whoa. they shut it down for. I think it took them three months before they even got it back up and running again. So, what did you do uh, when you were there? And were you in like surprise or what was? Uh, we were in Goodyear. In Goodyear, okay, yeah, I was trying. Yeah, to so Goodyear is where the um, Guardians and the Reds uh, do spring training. So we would go to the practices in the morning and then watch the game in the afternoon. And then high, you can just see all of Arizona. Arizona is beautiful. Every time we go, we go someplace different, like a little road trip. Um, So 
we drove to Grand Canyon one year. One year we did the Painted Desert. And then this last time in 2020, we drove out to Sedona. And that was my oh, first oh. time seeing Sedona. Gorgeous. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that, that desert and high desert down there is uh, amazing. I, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard uh, leaving that area. I mean, like Utah and Arizona are both just so, even Nevada, Nevada too. I mean, they're all just beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, and spring training, it's, I mean, going to an, MLB park versus going to spring training. I mean, they're apples and oranges. And those, uh, those spring training games are a blast. It's you're like getting to see your favorite players basically playing on maybe a little bigger than a high school field. And you're right there. And, and you're in March and you're, uh, probably wearing a t-shirt and that's, that's not something not something you get to do too often. Uh, I remember that was pretty cool. I went down there in, I think, 2005 or something. I saw the Cubs and someone else down there. But, I mean, I'm a Reds fan. So, um, I think my brother and my mom went down there recently. But there they serve Cincinnati chili at the spring training games even is that correct I don't remember if they do or not that's a good question um I don't remember seeing any kind of Cincinnati chili or Scotland chili at the games I'm not sure that they have it there because that facility they share it with Cleveland okay. so there's not a lot of Cincinnati specific stuff um, yeah but the gotcha. games are so much fun it's it only holds like five thousand fans and it's usually like half full if that so it's a really intimate setting you're just so much closer to the game and like i've had so many foul balls and home run balls go by me i almost caught a jose garcia ball last time we went and the dude just drilled it that was it's really really cool i have so many great memories of spring training you, if as a reds man you know marty brenneman i'm sure right yeah yeah, so Marty Brenneman, when we went in 2014, um, he was just walking around the stadium one day, just chambers like, hey, Marty. And we didn't, like, try to stop him. Like, it was just in passing. And he stopped and was like, hey, like, where are you from? Like, started talking to us and everything. Just super, super nice guy. There's so wow. many so many different experiences you get there that you're just not going to get if you go to a normal, normal game. Like, we went to one um, – practice and this is when walt jockety was the gm i want to say it was like 2012 and i had seen on twitter or something that morning that like juan francisco had been dropped by the reds so we get there and walt's there i was like what happened to francisco and he said he showed up fat so we shipped his ass out of town <laughs> i was like oh my god it's amazing all these little nuggets that like, he doesn't have a camera in his face, you know? He's just going to go off the cuff and say whatever he wants. Like, I have so many memories like that of spring training. It's it's great. Yeah, and you, I mean, you can't get experience like that at the game. And every, they're going to be minding their P's and Q's a lot more at the, at the ballpark. Right, um, right. Speaking of minding their P's and Q's at the ballpark, 
did uh did you go to riverfront stadium when you were a kid oh yeah definitely with so okay so um you remember what was it what was it Shotzi the oh yeah the, the dog the dog I I always I was you know pretty I mean that whole that's a whole different podcast for for that oh, right yeah but, we could be talking about March shot for a yeah. hour yeah and um but I mean it was always cool I always thought it was cool seeing the dog out on the field the big uh what are those dogs called with the just the Saint huge St. Bernard yeah yeah with yeah. the uh, the always have the the bottle or the cask or whatever around their yeah their neck, but yeah, it was always cool seeing that. And I mean, yeah, Riverfront was a, was a cool stadium. I haven't been to the new park yet, though. But um, I mean, that's been it's been years since. I mean, Riverfront. I mean, that's I don't even know when that closed down. Maybe like twenty years ago. Um, you're pretty much right on the nose. I think they tore it down in 2002 or 2003 because I know the current stadium was uh, their like opening day was 2003. And at the oh, time, okay. I think they called it um, Synergy. I don't think it's been called Great American from the start. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Something yeah, like, I think it was like Synergy Field for a bit. Yeah, like C-I-N-E-R-G-Y. Is that right? Or no, yeah. no, yeah, because Cincinnati. Yeah, I could be. I could I'm be making that up. Became great American, but yeah, it's it's a great ballpark. I I love it. It's a lot of fun to go to. They have so many fan accommodations. It's crazy. So then, uh, the, okay, so back to the Cincinnati chili. So you got Cincinnati chili, the skyline chili there, uh, and. And then I saw Whitney with uh, the chili dog with a piece of pizza around it, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I saw something with oh that. My that, God. that blew my so mind. this is like, it was some kind of TikTok or something that somebody in Cincinnati decided to do. So Cincinnati's known for Skyline Chili and La Rosa's Pizza. So somebody took a slice of La Rosa's Pizza and a Skyline, Skyline Chili Cheese Coney, which is essentially a hot dog with chili and cheese. And they wrapped the pizza around the cheese cone and ate it like that. <laughs> um, it sounds disgusting, but it was actually pretty delicious. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I, I like that combination, and I've been I've been wanting to to give that a whirl. And um, I yeah, I like it. I hope someone more people try that out. But and Cincinnati chili is something that yeah, it's hard to hard to convince people if you're not from Cincinnati what it is and what it looks like but uh so what are you how do you eat yours are you a three-way four-way five-way are you a coney guy or what's your yep three three-way i love the conies i always get the hot like spicy cheese with it yeah i love oh. skyline um there's there's a an, if you guys are ever in cincinnati there's one called camp washington chili um they only have one and it's located kind of near downtown, uh, but it's been there for like 75, 80 years, and it's delicious. I think it's better than Skyline, personally. And then there, there's Blue Ash and Gold Star. Blue too. Ash Chili's really good. Yeah, Blue Ash Chili yeah. was on uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives or something. Oh, yeah. Um, 
that's blue ass chili is very very good um there's only i think two of them there was only one of them but they made another one although now that i'm thinking about it i think that might have closed down so they might just still have the one now uh there's gold star my wife likes gold star more than skyline which is surprising um but yeah there's there's a lot of different chili places for sure and it came from the greeks so there was a bunch of um the large population of uh greeks in cincinnati um like you know 100 plus years ago um so that's that's where that from is all the chilies from yeah, there's, so there's these things. Uh, they have these little pouches of, uh, I don't know. It's like so. It's like Indian food. There's little pouches of Indian food. You can get them at Costco, and there's one that's Madras lentil, and it tastes just like Cincinnati chili, and it's the weirdest thing. And I I don't know if they got inspired by that one, but it's very very close. Like I could take that and I could put that on. You know, put it on. It doesn't have the same consistency, but you know, I can put that on a coney and be all right. And uh, that that was a weird, weird thing to experience. I just I tried. I'm like, oh, this tastes just like Cincinnati chili. And then, of course, everyone I'm with, what's Cincinnati chili? And well, it's this stuff that doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. But (laughs) it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. It's really more like a sauce than it is a chili. Yeah. Yeah. If you tell people it's chili, they're not going to, it's not, they're yeah. like, okay, well, that's not chili. You know, you know, it's more like, yeah, it's more like a sauce, like a, a brown tomato sauce of sorts. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah Cause like you, you can't really eat it on its own. You know what I mean? So if yeah. you, I feel like that's the good divider. Like if, if it can't be eaten on its own, then it's not really a chili. It's just, you know, it's a sauce or some kind of topping or something. But yeah, it's it's cool. But they put it on everything. I mean, they make they do potatoes, they do burritos, you name it. They put that chili and stuff. Yeah, I, I saw that and I almost did that uh this last or I don't know, a week or two ago. I was so so tempted to try that and I didn't. I got I got the two conies, but I saw the burrito and I, I was so close to pulling the trigger, but uh, I have a feeling I'll be getting some chili again sometime soon. I I, I don't know. I, it's hard to stay away from the Midwest. I like it there. It's cool. It's it's nice out there, and yeah, I miss I miss living out there. But yeah, what can you do? You you move around, and you know, new stuff, new days. But um, you gotta come I, visit, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. Go to Reds game. I would love that. I would love to go to a Reds game. Or, uh, yeah, I yeah, I'd be I'd be all about that. Just to yeah, get out there and see the new, new field and yeah, I. It's been too long. I went last time. I went there was 1993. Um, to the to a Reds game. So that would be wow. Yeah, you gotta see the new ballpark for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was weird like seeing some of those ones because like that one and uh and the Kingdome in Seattle was another one that I went to like like yeah that one's gone and then uh and then yeah I went to that new park. I mean that's not a new park anymore, that's twenty years old too, but uh you know, time flies, whatever, you know, things 
things go and all of a sudden it's 20 years later but it's good we we've learned a lot and grown a lot and move forward so it's it's cool but uh so john where can people find you what what do you want to tell people uh i'm just throwing this up just for you you got the floor you can say whatever you can go wherever anything anything flies yeah my youtube channel is called cincinnati picker and uh, that's the same as my instagram too it's just one word cincinnati picker you can find me on there and i post everything from stuff i find at garage sales stuff i sell on ebay and uh, rescuing ricky the raccoon from my dumpster every day oh. <laughs> that's yeah. what i put on instagram <laughs> I, I was gonna ask about the raccoon so yeah he, he's back all the time he, he's just he knows he's got it good when when you're around uh and he knows he's yeah. got that that ladder to get out too so yeah he and i have gotten pretty close he he just knows me now like he used to kind of be skittish and afraid and he didn't want to come out but now like he he just pops right out the other day he popped out ate the bowl of grapes that i had out for him and then like popped the grape in his mouth and went back down the ladder wow. <laughs> i guess this is just your house now man <laughs> you do yeah. your thing i'll be in there working <laughs> yeah. just gonna knock on knock on the top of the lid next time and yeah give him a little give him his lunch and have him come back. That's pretty cool. That's, that's a good good friend right there to have. Uh, and yeah, so thank you for for being here and doing this this show. And I'm gonna throw it up on uh, all over. I'll send you send you links and and stuff. And yeah, so that's that's it. That's that's where we're gonna go. That's where it ended. That's it. That's it. So thank you, John. And uh, that's the show, man. Thanks for having me, Rusty. This was fun, man. Yeah, you bet, John.